testing one, two, three, one, two, three, testing. I'm Ben McAdams, and I represent Utah's 4th Congressional District. Before I was elected last November, I was the mayor of Salt Lake County. It's my belief that Washington might work better if we thought about governing the country the way mayors approach leading their communities. In this podcast, I'm hoping to show you what being a member of Congress is really like, and whether it's possible to run this country the way we run our local governments. Welcome to Washington. Today I'm meeting in my Utah office with two county commissioners who I know from my time in county government, but uh, County Commissioner Darren Bushman and also County Commissioner Glenn Wright. And we are talking about an issue that uh, – now, Darren is a Republican and Glenn is a Democrat, and uh, we're talking about the issue of public lands. So Utah is known nationally for um, issues relating to public lands, and oftentimes it's it's very divisive a divisive issue. But as I was in county government for seven years, I came to see just much more three-dimensionally how this issue is. And not necessarily, Darren and I have had many conversations about public lands and, and Glenn and I have as well. I didn't necessarily always agree with Darren, but I really came to understand his perspective. And I think it's important for people to understand the perspective that he's coming from. And it is a very, and, and I, the underlying cause of the problem Darren and I see eye to eye on. And uh, I think it would be really valuable for people to understand that and maybe some of the issues that we're discussing. So I, uh, we ended the meeting. I asked him to stick around for another 10 minutes and I pulled out my recorder and we're going to have a little podcast here. So um, I would and I invite Darren. I'm going to go to Darren first but, and then to Glenn. But invite Darren to maybe elaborate on the underlying cause of the problem and then talk about PILT. I don't think most – the average person doesn't know what PILT is. That's, it stands for – it's P-I-L-T. stands for Payment in Lieu of Taxation. And the concept is is the federal government owns a lot of land in Utah, land that is uh, for which uh, and local governments funded uh, in a large extent by property taxes, but you cannot tax federal land. So you have a county like Darren, 85%, 72% of Darren's county is publicly uh, owned, federally owned. Um, and they're, they're not able to tax that, so they don't collect that tax revenue. So it's really hard to make a budget when 72% of the land in your county is non-taxable. And so what the federal government has is this payment in lieu of taxation. They will make payments to the county, um, and, and uh, it's oftentimes uh, always – well, I'm going to let Darren talk about that and some of the challenges with PILT and what we're talking about today. But I would I would articulate the problem. Now, there, Utah's been the center of an effort of a, uh, t- uh, the states uh, and, and uh, assuming control of some of these federal lands. And that's not a position I have supported, but I will absolutely acknowledge the frustration, and that is that the federal government is a terrible landlord uh, and um, – and there's really good reason that, that uh, our rural counties are really mad at the federal government. And I think those of us in urban areas and Democrats need to acknowledge that these people aren't up in the night. Our rural uh, counties are not up in the night. They have really good reasons to be frustrated uh, of uh, a pattern of decades of poor management and, uh, and bureaucrats in Washington dictating decisions from on high for which they have very little understanding of the situation on the ground. And the federal government needs to do a better job. And, uh, and that's what we're talking about today is maybe some area where we can, can have some common ground and where the federal government might uh, – what areas the federal government might be able to do a better job. So I'm going to turn it over to Darren. So, you know, we, I'm, from, I'm from Marysville, and 
as we were talking earlier, you know, there's three to 400 people there um, as a general rule of thumb, except for summertime, it goes to 4,000 to 10,000 people. And so there's all of the impacts of all of those people coming in and enjoying these public lands. And, and just to add too, there's 72% of that is federally controlled, 14% of it's state controlled because of a trade out in our county from the Grand Staircase Escalante. And so, you know, it really gets us down to a really small component of a, of a small county. We have a small county to begin with, and then it's really small percentage of that is actually taxable land. So our county right now, PILT, the payment in lieu of taxes, makes up about 21% of our budget. And, you know, in some counties, I know Salt Lake County, and you, your experience with that is that um, your PILT was kind of chump change compared to the size of your budget, right? In my county, uh, we're talking who's not going to be employed tomorrow if we don't have PILT. And as I told you earlier, you know, uh, in the seven years I've been doing this, um, PILT has been funded on time for our budget zero times. So uh, PILT's, the, the, the permanent funding of PILT has been a challenge for years. Fully funding PILT has been a challenge for years. Um, and at the end of the day, um, a lot of the, the, the PILT payments that are paid to us um, are are very small percentages compared to what we would actually make off of taxing that land. And so, um, you know, we can't tax the state, we can't tax the federal government. So uh, we get, um, you know, a, a pittance compared to what we really could get if those were private lands. And uh, and I'm not necessarily condoning doing away with the, the public lands. I'm just saying that's that's the way it works out for our county. And so... For the first time in a long time, I think it's pretty exciting what's going on in Congress um, with all of the stuff that's going on around PILT and the Secure Rural Schools program. There's, you know, four or five pieces of legislation moving right now. So Secure Rural Schools is an, a similar program to fund schools in, in rural areas that uh, similar to PILT, but they are um, – it goes to the school district. Right. It goes to the county and the school district, and we get to split it. So we split it, and it, it actually um, – is, is an offset. In a lot of states, if they get SRS, they don't get PILT. And so the two are kind of connected at the hip. Yeah. And so there's a lot of good stuff moving right now. The thing about this, I think, Ben, and the reason I'm sitting in your office and I'm sitting here with my good friend, uh, Glenn Wright, who's a Democrat from Summit County, is um, it's not a, this isn't a partisan issue. This is an issue that we should all be able to get behind. I mean, Harry Reid worked on PILT for years and years and years, and it's because of the impact to all western states, not not just little old Paiute County or Salt Lake County or whatever. So, so what the one piece of leg- – well, we talked about numerous pieces of legislation, but I want to focus on the permanent authorization and permanent funding of PILT. So you really are in a situation where PILT – you know, there, there is this concern about an absentee landlord who is – Unaware at best case scenario and sometimes harmful to some of your goals on, on the on the ground, and um, and yet there will Pilt is a, a, a generous offer I think to say we're going to give you in, since you know once we control so much of this land we're going to pay you uh, some since it's not taxable we'll give you some revenue to offset the impacts of of this land, and yet it is always subject to appropriation you never know. Year to year, so I think about earlier this year the government shut down. You're kind of in that space yearly. You right. don't know if you're going to get the funding to run your government until months into the year, and uh, and it really is a, a source of stress for a lot of our rural counties. And um, and then we wonder why our rural counties are so frustrated and upset at the federal government. Well, guess what, people? Imagine you know I, I'll analogize it because a lot of my district is urban. You know, you think uh, you know. Um, 
you're you live in an apartment and your landlord, um, you know, I don't know, I'm just coming up with an analogy on the fly, but it, your landlord doesn't fix anything. The toilet's broken. The you know power goes out a few uh, days a month, and and yet you're expected to pay, and you never know you know if your power is going to go off at the end of the month or, or what's going to happen there. Or um, it, it's really frustrating, and it's a it's a really a thorn in the side that is constantly there from our federal government. And then we wonder why uh, rural, rural areas are so upset and frustrated with the federal government. Well, guess what? It's, it's our own fault. Right. Absolutely. And, and we've, taken, you know, we've taken that money and we've built infrastructure around it. We've hired people to provide services on these public lands. I mean, really, that's what the PILT program is about, is to provide services on those public lands. It, you know, we, ambulances and helicopters, those things don't come cheap. And so you know, we're doing that stuff. And then all of a sudden, the person who's, who's you know, paying for those services just decides they're not going to authorize it this year. Or, or, you know, we've had years where it was like, okay, we're going to go back to the base pay, which is like 3%, right? And so, and then with SRS in the wings, we could see as much as a 70% decrease in PILT. Well, that, that just basically means employees go away. That's about the only way a little county like my county can deal with it. So... Well, some people would say that there are um, in, in areas that have high tourism, which is not all of our rural counties, but there is a tourist component of national parks and that, and, and you'll generate some sales tax off of that. But guess what else the federal government's doing? We're not investing in restroom facilities. We're not maintaining these tourist destinations to the level, and the state is stepping in. In my case, the county sometimes is stepping in where the federal government is failing to to perform its functions there as well. So it's just all-around frustration. So I want to hand uh, the microphone to Glenn, who's going to give us the Democratic perspective on why we should care about this. Well, you know, I've been a member of the UAC Public Lands Committee with Darren for a couple of years now. And uh, as a Democrat from a, a kind of a mixed county, we have an urban environment on our western side and a rural environment on our eastern side. I've come to appreciate much better the uh, – uh, you know the attitude on on public lands, and I, I think we can mitigate a lot of the uh, controversy we have on public lands if we adequately comp- compensate the the rural counties for the expenses they incur. Uh, even in Summit County, we have 500,000 acres of national forest in Summit County, and our search and rescue people are out constantly during both the winter and, and summer seasons, supporting people that are in those forests. We get two million tourists, the Forest Service tells me, in our national forest in Summit County, which actually exceeds the number of tourists we get in our ski areas. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty significant burden for us also. The other part of it, though, is the forest health issue of, uh, of our national forests. And we have seriously neglected that. We spend millions a year on uh, putting out fires once they occur when we could be spending you know, a fraction of that money to create better forest health issues. And from a democratic standpoint, I see this as an environment, a serious environmental issue. If we're burning up our forests, we're putting carbon in the atmosphere. If we're maintaining our forests, they become significant carbon sinks. If you look what's happening in the Amazon right now, it's a, a serious uh, you know, carbon footprint issue because the forests are burning there. Our forests are dead in significant portions of them. 80% of the conifers and high uintas are dead. They are no longer sequestering carbon. They're actually emitting it, but at a much slower rate than a forest fire. But they're uh, preventing new forest 
from growing. Uh, in order for us to really uh, address this issue, we have to recreate a forest products uh, industry. And I, I think that's something that we can work on, but from a, a federal, a state, and a local uh, component on it. And I can see this actually tying into PILT a little bit. We need more money for PILT. But what if we had a program where some of the PILT money was targeted to counties if you, if you target them towards forest health? And the lower level that you apply these funds, the counties know a lot better than the federal government as to how they're going to recreate forest health and, and encourage a, a timber and wood products industry in their counties. So I just want to wrap it up in conclusion here, but to say, first of all, a couple of things. So when, when you read in the press this conversation about public lands, and I'm not blaming the media, but um, maybe Darren will, <laughs> but uh, media focuses on maybe the controversies. And that, you know, look, honestly, that's what people want to read about, sadly. And, um, and there is a lot of controversy in this space. I think we need to also give some focus on to the, some of the common ground. Um, a permanent funding of PILT, so they're not subject to wondering whether they're going to go bankrupt or, or lay off a quarter of their staff every year. Um, that has to be, we have to do that. And look, honestly, it's not going to solve all of the problems, but if we remove that thorn so that you're not constantly pestered by uh, and antagonized by the federal government every year, I think that's a, a really pretty good start in the direction of, of where we need to go. It's not going to resolve all of, the, uh, all of our concerns. There's still going to be issues that Darren and I, Darren and I are good friends, Glenn and I are good friends. We, there are things we disagree on, um, and that's okay. That's part of the, the system that we've created, the republic that we live in. Um, but I just want to acknowledge a couple of things that I think too often gets glossed over in the debate about public lands. Um, for people in urban areas like where I live and Democrats, to assume that someone like Darren and, and my friends who are commissioners, Republican commissioners in rural parts of this state, don't assume that they don't love the lands. They love the lands. And sometimes in different ways. Many of them are ranchers, but their livelihood depends on these lands. I grew up as a Boy Scout camping and mountain biking and hiking these lands. I've learned to love them in a different way. Um, I think everybody eats the food that comes off of these lands. So maybe I'm not a rancher, but I need to acknowledge that my food comes from these lands. So I think this conversation needs to start with an acknowledgement that um, maybe some of the reason that my Republican rural commissioners are so upset is because they love the land, not because they hate the land. They love it. They depend on it. And the federal government's done a really bad job, and we need to do better. That needs to be the start of the conversation. I think permanent funding of PILT would go a long way to having a more constructive conversation going forward. There's still going to be a lot of issues that we need to address uh, outside of that. But these are a couple things that I think we need to take note as we're starting, if we want to have a more constructive conversation about how do we both conserve our land for future generations and use it in a way that is responsible for current generations who depend on this land for their livelihood. I don't know if either of you have anything to add in conclusion. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you at all. I, and, and I believe a key element to this is what we talked about earlier, which is this is really not a partisan issue when it comes down to these basic core principles of what's going on here. So. All right. Well, thank you for giving us a chance to take a little bit of a deeper dive in this. I want to thank you for listening to Washington. What I'd really love to hear is from you. To follow this journey, subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, the KSL Radio app, and anywhere you find interesting podcasts. 
To be part of this experiment in making the world's most powerful city responsive to citizens, please email me at tips at loudmouthproject.com. We'd like to thank the village that made this podcast possible. Andreas Martin, Danny Akana, Allison Hayrand, and Congressman Ben McAdams. Washington is a production of the Loudmouth Project.